0: Welcome to the podcast. Most people don't, but you do stories and conversations about the benefits received and the fulfillment enjoyed by doing what most people don't. This is Bart Berkey, CEO and founder of Most People Don't. We're a motivational storytelling and training company where we provide enabling tools to empower you to do what most people don't. When we talk about people that do what most people don't, this person is certainly the pinnacle of that representation. It is Miss Kelly Bishop, thrilled to be able to speak with her. I'm going to review a little bit about her bio before we get into some questions. But one of the reasons why I wanted Kelly to be on this call is that she has inspired me ever since I've known her probably now at least 16 years with her positivity and her professionalism and her grace and her poise and for those of you that are seeing the video recording maybe she's blushing just a moment (laughs) but she has been that's all good kelly i'm gonna keep on embarrassing you because i think you are remarkable Uh, she has spent uh, approximately the last 15 years working for a fortune 100 company uh, being is a director of leadership and sponsorship events involved with meeting management and also event strategy Prior to that, which is probably why we also have this great connection, she spent approximately 10 years in the hospitality world, working everything from leading a team in conference services to being an event manager and just amazing things. And this is not even touching upon your work with, um, gosh, with your work being a troop leader and a soccer coach in the past and taking care of your kids and your husband and your family. But Kelly, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you, Bart. It's so nice to be here.
0: Was I that embarrassing? This opportunity. Was a little that bit. I,
1: I really am blushing. It takes yeah. a lot to get me to blush,
0: but here I go. <laughs> and I've learned I've learned recently if I drink too much coffee before a podcast, I start to blush. I get all red. So um, let's see if you can compliment me at least once and see if I blush. Okay.
1: Absolutely. No, no, no. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, Kelly, again, I think you just have a remarkable spirit, and I want to get into what from a growing up perspective has caused you to have the type of positive attitude that you have. So can you share with us a little bit about growing up, where, siblings, influencers?
1: Absolutely. Um, so I have one brother and um, two parents. We I grew up, we moved every two years, I would say. My dad was in in an international pharmaceutical sales. And so we were always moving. And it got to be that point where when we'd move, I either had to, I had two choices, right? I either kind of like sit back, be quiet, and I don't have any friends. I don't know anybody. Or I throw myself fully into it, meet people, get out there, do things, join clubs. Um, And so that's the route I took. Um, And I think with that attitude, that helped me become a real people person, right? Like I love people. I love um, understanding them, learning their cultures, meeting them. And so, uh, I'm greatly inspired by that. I think my, my parents were always very positive too, to support me in everything that I was doing, whether it was sports, uh, student council. Uh, those are my two big things, I guess, growing up, um, for sports, I played basketball and tennis, water polo. Um, and then in my college days, I played dabbled in lacrosse a little bit. Um, I did triathlons and I'm a marathon runner. And so I definitely think that, you know, both my parents are very positive people. Um, my parents ended up divorcing when I was in seventh grade. And I think that was again, more fuel to me where I had these decisions to make, like, how am I going to move about and take this, turn this into a positive experience? Um, Yeah. And
0: and Kelly, when you, when you reference about moving around often, was that because of your parents' occupation and their jobs?
1: Yes, it was my father's job. So we were constantly moving around um, most. So it was like Iowa to Evansville, Indiana, to New Jersey, to Fairfield, Connecticut, um, Dublin, Ohio, and then to Chicago. And then Chicago is kind of the end where they got divorced.
0: Okay. And so then after that, did you then remain in the Chicago area for some time? So after your parents split in seventh grade, was it more of a, I don't want to say stable because it was not unstable before you just happened to be moving, but was that more of a permanent residence than in Chicago?
1: It definitely was. Um, My dad was still in the same town as, as we were with my mom. Um, So I had kind of the best of both worlds where I could spend time still with both of my parents um, and have a little bit more, you know, personal or different experiences with each of them. having them still close by each other and then I I did decide though when it was time for college I didn't want to go you know everybody in the midwest most people stay in the midwest and I wanted to go so I loved skiing we would always go out and go skiing and snowboarding like even on like a three-day weekend so went out uh, ended up going to school at Colorado State for about a year and I uh, was doing sports medicine at the time starting to get into these like crazy classes you know Huge classrooms, 400, 500 people, um, lots of science. And I took like a very fun hospitality 101 class and that it just, it gave me that excitement, that feeling like people are so fun talking about food and beverage and like creating experiences for people. So I ended up transferring schools to UNLV because I felt to me like that was the Mecca for this this college experience and following my new passion around hospitality and people.
0: Yeah. And so I just want to go back again, a little bit more to growing up because Mm -hmm. asking the questions about the essence of your being, understand that you had to meet new people and you could take either two approaches. You could be quiet and shy, or you could be outgoing and energetic and meet individuals and become friends with them. Was your brother the same way? Did he take the same approach?
1: He did. Yes, he definitely did. Um, I feel like we're, so we're three years apart. He lives out in Half Moon Bay. He's a wine guy. Um, And he definitely did take the same approach as me. Um, You know, he was a little younger at that time, but definitely learned. I think that experience taught us how to, you know, kind of take that deep breath, throw your shoulders back and walk up to a group of people and stick your hand out and say, "Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm new here." or you know, what's up with you guys? What do you guys like to do? What's your passion? What are you excited about?
0: yeah, and did did your parents influence you to be that way? or was it just natural?
1: I think it was definitely an influence from my parents. Um, you know, my parents are always very outgoing. Um, you know, my mom has since moved to, Massachusetts where I am Mm -hmm. um her name is Linda but we started my kids started calling her Mimi so it was great because Mimi could be like a name or a grandma right so everyone in my town knows who Mimi Milton is um (laughs) so it's really cute um just because she is so friendly and outgoing and you know, she'll, she'll have small talk with anybody, but not just small talk. It's like really trying to get to know someone yes. and making an impact and understanding who they are. Yeah. So I think I definitely got that from my mom who was very positive. And my dad as well is very positive. Um, you know, he went through a couple of years of cancer um, in my early career, and he ended up writing a book called Unstoppable Attitude because his whole thing was like, right. I know that I am already... I'm already past my cancer. I just have to go back and do the steps to get me there now. Oh. So he was just very positive as well.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. And so um, you, is your mother still in Boston?
1: She is. She's a half mile away.
0: Okay, awesome. And then your father?
1: He is in Texas.
0: In Texas, okay. And yeah. so we can give a shout out to Mimi Milton.
1: Mimi and, Milton.
0: And what's your father's name?
1: Peter Max Miller.
0: Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, and I had no idea, and this is really why I love doing these types of things. I had no idea that your father had dealt with that situation that he also wrote a book. So unstoppable attitude. Is it available Amazon or bookstores?
1: It is. It's available on Amazon.
0: Okay. And it's Peter Max Miller,
1: Peter Max Miller. Correct.
0: Fantastic. Um, the, as you just described, talking about asking people questions, you wanted to say, well, what are you into? And what are your passions? And what do you like? That's what I immediately sensed when I met you. Um, As and this is during my Ritz-Carlton days, and you of course, being uh, one of our top supporters as a customer. um, I was always used to approaching customers by getting them to talk. And so while yes, I like to talk about myself, it's very rare, I don't want to say rare it's less likely that i'm going to allow people to ask me questions about me because it's not about me it's about you and what Mm -hmm. i love about you kelly bishop is that you always make it about everyone else that's why i wanted to kind of give you some tribute and honor and say thank you to all of the people that you have affected because you always make it about other people and i'll take a little quote because i know Uh, some of the teams that you have worked with even most recently, you are regarded as the heartbeat of teams. And I just think that that is so unique and so special. Now, we, yeah, of course. Now we understand a little bit more about how it came about from your mother, from your father, and then even your brother had influence. I'd like to go back a little bit more into the excitement about hospitality. So you growing up have this outgoing personality sincere real authentic very genuine very caring at what point did you realize that that type of personality that innate sense would be great in hospitality
1: um well, that's a good question and you are making me blush again so, <laughs> thank you <laughs> um thank you bart um i think it was kind of like what what is it is it hospitality where you have it's a little bit more flex, flexibility, right? Where, you know, in the hotels, you're constantly meeting new people. There's people walking in and out of the hotels, or if you're, you know, creating an event for someone or wherever it may be, but there's always that opportunity that, the, you know, the five second elevator ride, just to speak with someone and, and be able to impact someone's day, whether it's just saying like, I hope you have a great day today. You know, and some people get very taken back, like, you know how it is, right? You go into an elevator and yeah. everyone like, know one acknowledges each other. And if someone can say, how's everybody doing today? Yeah, And yeah. it just like breaks it down and you can just tell it's like a sigh of relief and people get off that elevator just feeling good and they go about their day, but they, you know, they're not going to probably remember that experience in there, but they're going to think like, oh, I'm just, in, I'm in a happy mood today. You know, I've encountered someone that maybe gave me a spark of happiness.
0: That's the summary of most people don't, but you do. In an elevator situation, riding in an escalator, in a subway, you are going to be able to greet people and talk to them. And I just think that that's amazing. Someone asked me recently about what is my goal with most people don't and I think I shared with you, I trademarked those three words, the name of my company. I said, my goal is that 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 statement is no longer true because everyone will do. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? If everyone would hold open the door, everyone would show appreciation, everyone would have a spark and a spirit of brightness. That's the goal. That's the goal. So the purpose of this podcast is to talk to people like you to be able to share that positivity. And the lesson that I just learned from you is next time I'm, I'm on an elevator, don't be afraid because you're not afraid. You've moved around. You introduced yourself to tons of kids in growing up. Now you're introducing yourself to tons of people, tons of human beings. So open up and say hello and see if you can spark a little bit of joy into someone else. I think that that's so critical. Kelly, next question. So from a hospitality perspective, certainly makes sense. And I don't wanna lump hospitality as being just hotels, but Mm -hmm. hospitality is providing service to others. Can you tell us a little bit about the transition from when you were working in hotels, detailing events, leading a conference service team, to then going on the client side, working for a Fortune 100 company? How, How did that transpire? And how was the transition?
1: Um, I think at that time uh, in my career, you know how it is in the hotels, like you love it. It gets in your blood, but it's also a lot of hours. And I wanted, you know, I was recently married. I knew that we wanted to start a family and the 80 hour work weeks or, you know, having to go in just at a drop of a dime because something's going on with the convention there when your team is there, but they need you and you have to get into the, the, the hotel or the city, it's just a lot. And I just thought like, as much as I love it, that's that's not the direction I can continue going in with yeah. what I want for my personal life. So I made the transition and I was very fortunate um, that Mary Keo Anderson took a chance on me mm-hmm. and took a chance on me to bring me in from a hotel to be a senior meeting planner with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was an incredible experience, you know, starting off, it was a culture shock going from the the hotel world, like the beautiful Westin Copley uh, to go to a big corporate Fortune 100 company. Um, You know, uh, I think from from a dress, thinking back to that time, right, we still suits to suits, So that was, you know, the dress was still there. That made it easy for me. It was more that culture of uh, people really being kind of zipped up and serious and nobody greeting each other nobody saying hello it was a very focused thing no you know not too much water cooler talk or chatter or and that took me a while to get to kind of get through or learn and, and try to change too like try to push that culture and change it and influence what I had from my hospitality world um, so I think I definitely loved when I got to go on site whether it was, you know, my site inspection, my planning trips, and then just, you know, kind of open up that whole new world too, working with all the destination management companies and all the different partners that there were between the speaker, speaker partners and you know, motivational partners like yourself, who it's just that whole different world and taking everything that you've learned from all these hospitality people and trying to influence the culture of yeah. a corporation. So incredible. Um, so that's what I definitely I definitely took that energy that I have, that I think is a hospitality energy, yeah. um, and used it to influence the culture of my, my and, department.
0: Yeah. And was it difficult at first? Did you have to not be yourself? Or were you that Kelly Bishop that was on the playground, extending your hands to everybody?
1: I was, I, I believe that I stayed true to myself. Mm hmm. You know, and I know sometimes my energy can be a lot for people, but I think other people really appreciated it. And I think that that was able to kind of spread and just, it made me comfortable. And, and, you know, you can tell too, who, who is not interested in the energy or the conversation. And I respect that.
0: Yeah. And because you're also focusing on other people, you are never loud and obnoxious. You are appropriately, professionally enthusiastic. If someone doesn't want to receive it, then okay, great, you know, maybe you're not going to extend it as much, which is really unique. And that really kind of with our, and I shared with you again, going out to 20, approximately 20,000 listeners, that it's about the brand, you were true to your brand. So yes, you work for West End, Copley, beautiful hotel, that helped to define who you are, influence who you are, but that contributed to your brand. And then your yeah. brand going to work for a Fortune 100 company, you were able to instill your brand and your culture into that other organization that had a very strong culture. So I think it's a, it's a very good learning kind of for all of us. You need to be true to yourself, understand that you represent a brand, different things are going to influence your brand, but be true to that because that's when you can be probably the happiest.
1: hmm Absolutely. And I totally agree. I love you bring up the point about your brand. And what is your brand? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And then most importantly, are you true to it in every situation? Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you change who you are when you walk into work? And you know, it shouldn't be. And I think that, you know, it's amazing to see where companies have come from when I think when I started my career 25, 26 years ago to where they are now, where like, you can be who you are and yeah. share that, and it's appreciated. It's respected. Uh, it's amazing because I remember back, you know, my first my first job in hotels in Chicago, and it was like, leave your emotions and who you are at the door. Here's your navy blue suit. Mm-hmm. You know, come in. Here's what you do. Here's what you say. So it is refreshing and amazing that our our culture overall has is turning into this respecting people and understanding and using that power of people
0: yeah and I'll share with you a quick story because this this goes back 16 years probably to right when you and I first met working for Ritz-Carlton and my first day on the job I wanted to make sure that I had a good haircut that my car was clean that I had a nice tie my shoes were polished the general manager asked me to join him for lunch and I wanted to do everything right that day and had never worked on luxury. You know me, I grew up in Pittsburgh and had never stayed in a Ritz Carlton hotel until I went into interview. Actually, that was Probably <laughs> only the second time I had ever stepped into a Ritz Carlton was the interview there. Anyway, the gentleman, uh, the general manager, terrific gentleman Adrian Rader, invited me to join him for lunch. Employee cafeteria, great. We go down there. It's around eleven thirty in the morning, a little early for lunch. And a housekeeper comes up and greets me because they did this big celebration. Bart Berkey, new director of sales and marketing. They greet me and they said, "Good morning, Mister Berkey. Welcome to the hotel." And I thought to myself. Well, they said, good morning, but I'm there to have lunch. So normally I would be having lunch in the afternoon. So should I correct them and say, well, good afternoon, because I was not there to eat breakfast. And all of these crazy thoughts are going in my mind, but wanting to be perfect. And I think maybe actually I did share this story with you at a certain point, but I was so confused and so disjointed that I said absolutely nothing. My response was nothing. And that was the worst first impression I could ever make on anybody. I could have said, okay. "Hey, how you doing? What's up? Nice to see you. Good morning. Good afternoon." I could have said anything, but I said absolutely nothing. And that taught me a yeah. That taught me <laughs> a lesson. So about a week later, I ran into the same housekeeper and I apologized. I said, "I was trying to be what I thought I needed to be for this company." And the general manager, Adrian, taught me: I just need to be myself. I just mm-hmm. need to show my true heart come out. And that is enough. Be perfectly imperfect and just be yourself. I think it's a really good lesson for, for us to share with each other and then also with all of our listeners. Kelly, how, how are you able to extend your positivity, your outlook for your children?
1: Um, well, that, that what, brings re, up an
0: interesting. With us? Yeah, and, and remind us what ages they are.
1: So I have a uh, 12-year-old daughter who's in seventh grade, um, an 11-year-old son in fifth grade, and I have a six-year-old son who's a kindergartner. So I have a good, good variety there. Um, they're all very, um, they all have a lot of energy. They're all uh, very sporty and athletic. Um, they're all great students. They're, I feel like I could not be more fortunate to have the children that we have, mm-hmm. Um I think some of the things, I, I laugh when you first asked me that question, because um, the other day my daughter told me that, um, how'd she say it, someone asked her a question about if I ever become like difficult or, you know, frustrating to her, and I was thinking, because it takes a lot to get me upset, right, and so I was thinking like, yeah, I really don't get upset with her much, and sh- her answer was, yes, she does frustrate me, and I was, I said, when do I frustrate you? And she said, when you dance in public and I'm there with you. And so I thought that was really cute because I was like, if that's the only way I frustrate her and make her feel annoyed, then that's pretty good. Um, But I just thought it was really
0: cute. Oh my gosh, what a great story. (laughs) And you know that one little gif that I did from when I presented with you and some of your team members, I was playing music (laughs) and you stood up with another dear friend. And I think you were doing the water sprinkler dance for a yes, moment.
1: It was like a disco song you had on and we oh, stood up and yeah. lawnmower, sprinkler, yeah, Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. So that's a great story with your daughter. And you're absolutely right. If that's the only time that you embarrass her by dancing and being positive and having fun, you know, God bless you and keep it going. Um, but are there, are there other things? In fact, then I want to learn a little bit more about your husband as well. Does he have a similar positive attitude?
1: He does. Um, my husband is a very positive person. I think, you know, one thing too, I think that we all are very athletic. We're an athletic family. And I think, you know, positivity comes out of sports, but I think, again, you can pick the direction that you're going to go. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I always say to my kids, so I I bring this up because my husband plays hockey. He was, he is a hockey coach right now and he's coached kind of all his life. Um, but for my kids, whenever, before a game, before practice, I say to them, um, like for my my son, my middle kid, he plays hockey, and I say, shoot like you mean it, pass like you mean it, have fun like you mean it, and be a team member like you mean it. Wow. So try, you know, and he always rolls his eyes and I smack him on the helmet. Um, And, but I, so I adjust that to all my kids, you know, whatever sport it is, I say those like special things, but it's the same time, every time they go into that arena or that dance floor or that field. Um, So I try to push the positivity, not just like my energy and feeling good and being happy, but it's also around, you know, how you treat others, how, you know, take that shot for yourself, but also, Be a good passer, pass it to your teammate. set up your teammate. And, you know, one thing I always see my son do um, after anybody has a good shot or scores, or even if it's not a good one, Mm -hmm. I see him go up and say something and hit his helmet. So, you know, my son definitely has those great leadership, that leadership skill and style to him. That's, that's his own that he's developed. Um, So I think all, you know, all my kids definitely have that very positive energy Uh, They don't all have the energy where they can go up and stick out their hand and introduce themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say one of them does. The other two, I think, are still learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and I think I think my husband, my husband's into it, too, right? He's he's uh, very positive, especially he's always meeting different people for his work um, and, you know, creating relationships and and being true to himself and his brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell us his first name.
1: His name is Kevin.
0: Kevin. I don't know if I ever met Kevin, but shout out to Kevin Bishop right? Thank you. Yes. Right. Kevin Bishop. Thank you.
1: Right.
0: yes. It, in, Kelly, whenever I am speaking with individuals and I shared with you before we hit record that I take notes because mm-hmm. I learn. And then I'm also formulating what the title of this podcast is going to be. So you just said oh, a couple of fun. things that I think are just outstanding. I pick positive. That's one statement. Mm-hmm. I pick positive. You have different paths to take. I pick positive, choose positive. That's a brilliant statement. And then the other one is just as you were telling and giving suggestions to your son, I could probably put live in front of it. So live like you mean it.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Pass like live you mean like it. You mean shoot it. like you mean it. Celebrate like you mean it, but live like you mean it. So I think one of those two messages is going to be the Kelly Bishop story. So, thank you. Oh, I love it. Isn't it good? That is so good. We're going to make t shirts, Kelly. Live like (laughs) you mean it. I pick pause. And I'm not kidding. You'll see it on my website later on today, and I'll split the profits with you. Um, (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I probably have two more questions for you. And again, I'm so grateful to be able to chat with you. Can you share your approach when things don't always go as expected? Yes, you have this vibrant personality, positive spirit. But you know the setback, and I'll just say setback meaning pandemic, the setback has caused things and changes. And I know personally, you have new opportunities that you are pursuing from a career perspective. How do you handle the aspect of challenges and overcoming obstacles when things are not always positive?
1: So I think there's a couple important factors Uh, that play into this. I think one of them is like, give yourself that time to take it in, grieve, you know, eat Oreos, whatever you need to do to make yourself just have that, okay, this is really happening to me, but don't dwell on it. You know, give yourself like a day, 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever you need. I know we're all different, but don't let it just keep dragging on. Don't be, you know, you have to get over it otherwise you're going to just drive yourself into a hole so i think it's give yourself that time to to let it sink in but then think about it all right this is what's happening how do i learn from this experience how do i turn it into a positive thing how do i better myself and what's what's my next step and i think it's a lot of it is your mental attitude on it you know all right you know what this is this is an amazing thing it's happening to me for a reason I just now have to find that reason and find that good within it. And I think, with that, for my situation, you know, I've definitely turned it into a this is a really good thing. I've been given a gift that, you know, I can take a little time, spend it at home with my kids, my family, make sure there is that aura of happiness here. And I can also figure out like, what do I want to be when I grow up? What do I really want to do? What are my passions? You know, I've been trying to think back of my, my career so far and jotting down. What are the things I love? Like when I get to do them, just make me so happy and feel good. And so I think that's really important. I think there is a little bit of a, a a different phases that people go through, or at least maybe should go through. I can say from my experience that I had my day to be sad. And then it's, all right, let's turn it around. Let's figure out why this is happening. And really taking it in as like, this is a gift. I am blessed right now to have this happening to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's a remarkable approach, a terrific attitude. And I have been taught that I will say that situations are happening for me, not to me. And you almost said the exact same thing. It's happening for me, using it now as an opportunity. The other thing that I really appreciate about what you shared is that you gave it a certain amount of time. You ate a stack of Oreos and then a whole bag. Yeah, a whole bag. Okay, got it. And I remember the message that you sent to me.
1: Yep. <laughs> Take a whole bag of Oreos
0: and then you were done. Don't dwell yes. on it. Move forward. And as our listeners are comprised not only of CEOs and executive directors, it's not it's meeting and event professionals, it's hospitality people, but it's you know, people that have nothing to do with our industry, mm-hmm. but what you just shared, I think are critical lessons for everybody. Uh, many of the people that I speak with, I asked a question about self-awareness and uh, I'm not even going to ask you that question because you just displayed self-awareness over the last, you know, 22 minutes in talking about what makes me happy, jotting things down to understand what makes me happy and then pursue that. Uh, what what a what a wonderful approach! What a great attitude, and um, a wonderful way of thinking about things. Um, last last question for you, Kelly. Is there any advice that you would have for people that are thinking about entering into, I'll say, hospitality and meeting event industry? Things have changed. Things have been changing. I met with a group last week. And they were sharing with me, they were responsible for booking meetings and events at private dining rooms for a restaurant group, an incredible group of people. But they said, look, we we got the initial booking. We had to change it three different times. And then you understand their client's perspective, they had to change it three different times. So whether it was social distancing, inside, outside, masks, no masks, uh, date change, all of these things. Is there any type of advice that you would give to people thinking about pursuing hospitality and events industry and or people that are in it now? What advice would you give during our setback? I
1: have a lot of advice I could give on this. I think, first of all, I would give advice to anybody, as I know you said, there's everyone on this call, um, to be respectful, be patient, be kind, to the people that are working in the hospitality industry right now, because just like that, we may be needing to change something three times with someone who's working in the restaurant or, you know, as we all know right now, like there, there is a lot of shortage um, in the restaurants, in these hospitality homes and places. So, you know, just be patient with them, be respectful, do what you can to make them feel good. Give them that spark of hope of happiness and appreciation, most importantly, because, just like many of the hospitality workers right now that we've seen in restaurants and other areas, they could leave their jobs too. So um, respect the hospitality workers out there. Um, my second thing for people who are looking to get into the industry is, you know, any opportunity that you can that comes your way, don't be afraid to jump into it. You know, I think a, a lot of times people are very focused on the one role that they want to have in hospitality, but I would say the more experience you can get, the better when you get to what your goal position is you're going to be. So if you have a stop in a hotel, a stop in a restaurant, um, it's just going to better you for, especially if you want to get into events or destination management companies, hotels, they all, it's like, it's like a hub and they all, you know, have their spokes going into it to make one event happen. And I think any experience you can get is great because it's all about how you communicate, the culture you bring to the table, um, the excitement, the creativity. That's huge. No matter what, if you're even if you're a front office worker in a hotel, you're working the front desk, how do you make someone's day? Right. So that's being creative. It's thinking outside the box. It's not just the transaction that must be done take it one step further. So I think any, if you're trying to get into the industry, any role that you can do um, is just gonna help build that resume to get you where, you where your dream job is within the events or hospitality world. Cause yeah. it's an amazing, amazing world. It certainly is.
0: For sure. Oh my gosh, Kelly, incredible. And I just wanna summarize cause you made me think of a few things also. We need to be patient with our hospitality workers show them thanks, show them appreciation. I read recently that there was someone that was traveling around and and you just kind of gave me the idea. They were giving gift cards to restaurants or to coffee shops. And I often, when I present, and you know this, I will give off Mm scratch-offs. So why not go and get $20 worth of scratch-offs, put them in your pocket. And instead of perhaps giving a tip or give a tip and a scratch-off to someone and just say, thank you. I just, you know, I'm working out of a coffee shop this morning and I got a cup of coffee and the woman was just so nice. She's like, well, this is, you know, our regular drip and it's flavorful and dark, but if you want something more fruitful and nutty, I also have another version. So just come up to the counter and I'll get you another cup, like just Kate, right? And Kate introduced herself. It's those simple things. And I need to make sure that I am showing appreciation, that we're all showing appreciation. And, you know, if you give out a gift card to someone, even if you're on a flight, that's not an easy job and people are getting yelled at too often just say thanks give them a little something or a little pep talk i that is such great simplistic messaging and the other thing that you had shared was don't make it transactional if there is someone at a mm-hmm. front desk or a flight attendant or a meeting or event planner you are creating memories that will last a lifetime you have the power to create memories that will last a lifetime. And I could probably ask you, what was your most memorable check-in? And you could probably share a story with me. I'm not gonna yes. hold you accountable right now, but <laughs> does something come to mind? Something, right?
1: Yes, um, I can tell you. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> one, uh, so as a as a meeting planner, a yes. meeting professional, I went to go um, have my event at, the, it was at the Arizona Biltmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a, a, couple, a couple of years back and my, now he's one of my good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my CSM there. I checked in, walked into my room and he had gone onto my Facebook and printed out pictures of my kids Sweet. and framed them and put them all over my hotel room. Cause he knew I was going to be there for a long <laughs> for a long time for this incentive mm-hmm. program. And that to me um, was one of those most incredible, just Things that someone could do for me because I would never have thought to do that, right? At this time, I traveled around with my little electronic photo photo album, right? Uh-huh. That we all probably did in the industry. Um, and to walk in and see that, I was just, I was floored by that. So that was really cool. Yeah,
0: because they knew something about you and they weren't going to give you M&Ms if they knew that you were allergic to chocolate and they weren't right. going to give you wine if they knew that you weren't drinking for that week or whatever the situation is. Yeah, very, very special. And I could I could probably share 10 of my most favorite even just simply check in experiences. But that's what we have the power of being able to do. So Kelly, this has been outstanding. I want to make sure that again, I'm very respectful of your time. You are one of my favorite people in the world Aww, just of in the industry i mean you are you are and you, you exude just such, and i shared this with you a couple of weeks ago just a positive spirit and i want more people to know you to know about you to know what you can do how you can help how they can help you and vice versa so um kelly it's kelly k-e-l-l-y bishop b-i-s-h-o-p probably the easiest place to find you is on linkedin you have a great profile yes. there with Um, wonderful experiences and everything else. And I know you post things and you're very supportive and you're sharing positive messages. So we are just so very, very grateful. Any final thoughts, Kelly, before we hit the stop button? Uh,
1: Well, Bart, I just wanna thank you and say, you know, how incredible you are. And for me, when I think about you, I'm thrilled that you have all that background experience that you did, and that has put you into this situation, created this opportunity for you to be making a change throughout the world. Like you are impacting people. You are trying to help people hear messages and learn how to better ourselves, that we can impact others and make that difference in someone, even if it's a 30 second interaction. So I thank you and I give huge kudos and praise to you for being such an inspirational person and trying to share your messages out there to the world. So thank you.
0: No, you're welcome. We will end with that nice little love fest, that love See, interaction. did I make
1: you blush? Did yeah, I make you actually, blush? Yeah, you
0: did. It's not more coffee. It's just simply <laughs> blushing. All right, Kelly Bishop, you are an amazing person. Please keep on doing, and we will talk soon.
1: All right. Thank you, Bart. Take care.